And before the MBA program, I really didn't have the language beyond what Facebook provides. The biggest difference for me is just an ease. I feel so empowered with the information and how deep the program goes into the fundamentals. Yeah, this is going to be a little more personal to me. I hope that's okay. Love it. But, I mean, we can go there and the trade-offs of the time saved, right? I used to day trade Facebook foolishly, like many people. The ROI is not there for the business, but the challenge is there's so many misconceptions and outdated or just straight up wrong ideas about how a CPM optimized platform works. There's been many stages of my career where I felt like I was really burnt out. But for me now, as I'm growing in my career as an agency leader, it's more about how can I give fundamentals and frameworks systems to a team and not only give them SOPs, which you so generously provide in the program, but beyond that, really installing that software of how to think. Success for me these days is having a team Yes. that I trust who we can scale together because it's not enough for me to be smart. It's not enough for me to have the ideas in my head. Over time, I'll be honest, Charlie, it's sometimes challenging to bring people along in the process, but it's worth it because at a certain point, there's only so many hours I can put in. There's only so many things I can do. So I think that's what to me is like a relief because I can take a day off and go hang out with my parents on my birthday and not worry that there's going to be some emergency that only I can handle. Because the truth is, it's not rocket science. This isn't, it doesn't require the most brain power. I think if anything, really mastering the art of growth, especially in a, like a D to C e-com context, sometimes it's about giving yourself the breathing room and not getting caught up in endless clicking and scrolling and when I am really brutally honest with myself, I was analyzing data in a way that was completely inactionable. There was nothing positive that was coming out of it. It was a massive waste of time. But what it did give me and gave my employers and clients and business partners, it gave us a false sense of control. Yeah. And so we have to let go of the illusion of control. And yes. There are certain things we can do to set up, we can increase our batting average, no doubt, right? I think everybody in this program believes that, but it's not going to happen by being addicted to your laptop and addicted to refreshing and addicted to all the breakdowns. Unless yeah, you have like the dopamine hits yeah, exactly of the, of the Apple R button. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly it. So I think that's what the biggest difference for me is just an ease I think, I think that's so great. What I'm hearing is like, you're able to work on the business instead of in the ad account. Right. And we can talk about more fun problems. Like how do we talk about the offer? My team and agency is more about offer-led growth. Uh, we also do different services. We're not just ads. And in my past lives, I didn't even have the bandwidth to start. Like the fundamentals of email and CRO especially if you have a like research background. I think people from the social sciences can really thrive in this industry. But oh. if you don't have the bandwidth to be able to analyze the whole picture, you're spinning your wheels because yeah. what you're doing over here in ads is not happening on its own. But if you're in just doom scrolling basically all the time, you're not coming up for air and asking the important questions. For example, we were in Triple Whale earlier today and we're like, 
business MER is not improving, but the ads performance is looking amazing. Every week it's getting better. What's going on? Love um, it. So it's yeah, really so shifted common. the culture. Yeah. And yeah. not to discount what my team does. There's still genuine effort. Of course. But... Yeah. Somebody's got to do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But I'd much rather pay someone to spend an hour coming up with creative concepts and really breaking down like what about different things is resonating with people. And I love the classes that you bring Sarah in for oh. that gives us the psychology of everything. And that's what is so fun. I love to spend time with my team talking about that. And of course we get to the fundamentals. We talk about all the things in the program. I think something that comes up a little bit, cause it's funny, it's fun watching like my own journey. And when I revisit the course, it kind of sinks in at a new level for me because there's only sure. so you're only integrating so much Of course, and you're acting on it along the way. So that really helps solidify it. And having that back and forth with you during that critical period is amazing. And then having the calls with people on Fridays, I know I'm absent a lot, but I do watch the replays. And just hearing other people <laughs> problem solve in that way is so much cooler. And so anyway, I'm rambling now, but I don't no, know. You're like, fine. This is great. I love it. I mean, what you're showing is just an excitement and exuberance of something where like you used to be stressed out and unable to handle more bandwidth and do the most important thing, which is enjoy life and spend time with your family. And now you're right. like, and just, my team. You, yeah, yeah, you have a team and like, you're just going on about how much fun and like rewarding yeah. this is. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing at least. Yeah, my job's fun. The best compliment I got this year from some from a newer client was they said, Jordan, like most people that we talk to about this, they use a lot of jargon. We've had agencies in the past and the way they talk about it is really confusing. We didn't really understand what they were saying. And everything you just said in this meeting like made perfect sense because- it's just crystallized and we're not bullshitting. Yeah. It's funny how much easier it is to communicate when you understand something well enough to make it simple. Right. And like something we're doing more of on my team too is soft skill development. And mm. it's crazy. AI is not new. And if you've been doing Facebook ads, like you've been using machine learning and AI for years. So sure. <laughs> it's not new, but it obviously hit the scene really big this year. And with that, a lot of people are forced to ask the question of themselves, what does my career look like in five years? Yeah. So I have more time to have those conversations with people and mentor people in that way. And we've also added weekly, we're doing a communication workshop. Like we're role-playing communication because what you teach in the program is amazing. And as an agency leader, what I have to do is how do we communicate effectively so that everybody knows what they need to know. Now, obviously not every single one of my clients has the bandwidth to go through your program. Sure. And so that's fine. That said, we've got so many documents. I've looms like out my ears of going into the details, really breaking things down because people do get excited about it, but it's too much information. So the question I'm constantly asking myself is what is the right amount? How do I simplify what I'm talking about? And yeah. If we don't have the language and the skill set to explain why that is a liability in your words, and I use them all the time, liability <laughs> to your business, then yeah. Anyway, my team likes to win. Like we are yeah. entrepreneurs. Growth It is an entrepreneurial focused agency. I love the working on the soft skills because I've been in the agency world on and off for a decade or more. I mean, yeah. a, over a decade now, yeah. on and off, which is terrifying to think about but whatever <laughs> uh, and so many people 
it's interesting. The most successful folks in that space generally wildly over-indexed on one side or the other. Like me, I wildly over-indexed on like analytics and workflow yeah. and process, but I'm terrible at creative and communication is something I'm still working on. But I find that like what's great is finding the people that are excellent at one thing and then filling that gap with something easily repeatable. You can teach people to communicate really well through the Loom videos of process of going through Golden Bear or Scrum exactly. Doc or something. And somebody that is not mathematically inclined is able to speak to a business owner about their finance department in a way that is at least kind and compassionate and understanding where everybody knows what everybody else is doing. And right. I think I it's about simplifying. I think it goes back to exactly that because when we use the scrum documents, it's no mystery what's yeah. going on. And I think we tell ourselves stories too about whether we're a math person or a communication person. And I really think most of us are capable of a lot more than we think. But when things are black and white like that on paper, it's just not hard. Yeah, It's more of a confidence issue than anything is what I find. And, but that's great. Like we can spend time on that. Like I'd much rather spend our time there than something crazy I used to do. We had some fun terms for it, but audience juicing was probably the most like bland oh, one. Love it. Yeah. But, yeah. but it was stupid. It was so dumb. We'd be launching like 90 audiences a week. Oh, okay. I'll like, tell you this stuff. Yeah, let me tell you the like the trauma that I had that someone inspired like my move, like when Broad came around, when Facebook was like, we have this new thing called advanced matching. We're about to release the tech into the platform like next yeah. month. We're going to find like, eight or nine people to do the test with. And I had Macy's and Joy Bird and Pizza Hut and Starbucks at the time. Wow, so yeah. I, I got, I had the ability to drop coin on their new sure. stuff and figure it out. But like, I was running Pizza Hut. And I had to do 10 different audiences with four different ads each week for each DMA, because each region mm. of the country was its own franchise department. So every owner of a McDonald's, of a, no, McDonald's, of a Pizza Hut location would chip in to be the marketing. Right. And if somebody didn't, you had to black out that section, which basically meant I had to launch 100 ads in 37 different markets every single week crazy and like i was working at a company at the time that was like some tech that had put on top of facebook but the tech broke more often than there facebook did. <laughs> and it's just oh never again never again will i ever because like it, it's what did we get out of that the roi is not there for the business but the challenge is there's so many misconceptions and outdated or just straight up wrong ideas about how a cpm optimized platform works and before the MBA program, I really didn't have the language beyond what Facebook provides, which yeah. frankly is pretty, it's about this deep. Yeah. It's not that it's wrong, but it's not really satisfying to someone who is really invested in entrepreneurial in their business and turning all over every stone. Like they want to know that we're looking at every possible way to give them an advantage. But the truth is a lot of these levers, again, go back to false control. We don't really care if it's Facebook, TikTok, whatever. But most of the brands we work with, surprise, have a finite budget. They have finite resources. It isn't, I've been in situations where we had millions of dollars and it didn't matter if it did anything. Yeah. Okay. That's a different game. And I understand that maybe the choices in that sandbox 
are different, right? Yeah. Brand awareness, things like that. That's a different game. And I don't totally. want to tell a CMO of a fortune 50 company that they're wrong on that because no, they're smart people. Like I know a yeah. few of them, they're very smart, but when we're talking about like the example you gave, I have six months of runway in my business and I have to make every dollar counts. If we can't explain articulately why running a bunch of audience tests, A, is going to get us nowhere and B, is going to damage the things that are working, we both lose. Yeah. Like, I don't have a long-term partner and I, A, I don't like losing. Yeah. Yeah, me <laughs> and, neither. That's like And they're the going to be frustrated because they don't get the results. Yeah. So it's really about, it. it is a good faith approach, right? It's not about how long can I extend the Facebook contract with this client. It's more about how can we make sure that the inputs we're giving Facebook obviously align with the business objectives and help us get to whatever that next milestone is. And guess what? Sometimes we have to talk about things that are outside of the platform too. Totally. And I think you hit on something here and just, it was like, oh, I love hearing people <laughs> say it. And I enjoy the way you talk about things because I think you, you've articulated it in a way that I, I would hope that I can remember to articulate mm. later. We're recording uh, it. Which is something along the lines of, I can't tell you how many folks, I mean, you joined the MBA a little over a year ago, right? And there's been a lot more folks yeah. that have come in yeah. and some of them are agencies, some of them are freelancers, some of them are brands, but I think it was at the point now where at least 35 to 40% of the people that come in are either clients of agencies mm. or have brands that have come on board that have fled the normal agency space. Right. And like the overwhelming vibe that people, here's the process. You get on the sales call where, every, where somebody mm -hmm. gets you hyped. And that person's like the salesperson or whatever, and they make you feel great. And then first oh, yeah. off, you never, ever see that person ever again. And then you're like installed onto this like kid that doesn't really know what's going on. That's quoting the same stuff off of Twitter that you saw. And I'm like, I'll try that. Like, why am I like, why am I paying you to do that when I could do it? I mean, I have the same conversations. There's many, and sometimes I am involved in the sales process. Sometimes I'm not, it depends. But because I oversee all these parts, sometimes it's helpful to talk to someone who's a little going to be more involved in the project later. And the conversations I have are this agency PTSD. Yeah. And the reason we get so much trust is because I was doing all of those same things too. Yeah. Before I was at Growth Hit, before I had these processes, I was doing it wrong. And yeah. it's very liberating to admit that and to be willing to step through that door and see what's on the other side of it. No, I love it. Like when you can go to somebody and say, when somebody comes to you and they explain the problem, oh, I get it. I used to do that too. Like, yeah. I understand. And like, I now know why that didn't work. And I now know yeah. why like eight other times when you went to somebody else, it didn't work out. Here's yeah. the reason fundamentally that'll never work for you. Yeah. And this is what I do to avoid some of that. Well, and let's stuff. have some compassion because yeah. I thought I was doing it correctly. Of course. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. I think is so many people are poorly trained by folks that don't know what they're doing. And there's this like cycle of abuse of people who are underpaid, poorly trained and overworked that eventually mm -hmm. realize they're worth more than that. And then they start their own thing where they repeat the same bad training they had, but follow the same right. business model of, abusing right. their client base and underpaying their work staff. And it's just, we're years into this cycle. 
of people that ultimately learned before Facebook was an OCPM platform, back when it was basically Google mm. Display. Too young for that, but. Yeah, I, I believe me, I remember. <laughs> like, I remember when there wasn't a pixel, like, and I had a million right, dollars right. in budget. Yeah. I've been around a bit. Marketing like, fundamentals aren't different either. Yeah. Like, even outside of the context of this, it's not like all of the CMOs in the industry were idiots before the Facebook pixel was invented. Yeah. And a lot of the practices we do now are still very consistent with that. Yeah. And I would say, actually, most of the stuff we do now is way more like it was before it existed. I think yeah. the conversion pixel and like thinking of things like Google and like email, where it was very different. Like the strategies, when I talk to people today, the one of the best managers I ever had was this woman named Marina Randolph. She's a G. Mm. Like she was a head up at Guthrie Rinker. And she would spend a hundred million plus a year on television. And her attribution model was a stopwatch after the infomercial ended. And yeah, she could run nine figures with that. Right. And I learned Scrum Doc was built out of self-preservation and ecosystem row as of having to get <laughs> 10 minutes of her time a week so that right. I could run this business. And mm -hmm. like, I just think there, there's this, so many people have this traumatic experience because ultimately I think these agencies, the vast majority of ad agencies are built around the business model of we're going to underpay and overwork enough employees to work on enough things. And yes, we're going to lose clients, but our sales team is better than that. So we're going to overcome attrition by growth. And yes. as long as I have a bigger sales team than I do a staff that supplies the clients, I'm going to make more money. And what I love is like people like you in this space, we're not a Facebook ad agency that's going to try to make a report look good. We're entrepreneurs trying to grow your business. And it sounds like the people that you're exactly. bringing on board with your team are all of that mindset of like, exactly today's budget's a thousand dollars. Why isn't it 1500? What can I fix in this business? How can we do more? And that's exactly. so essential to, to, to success. People have to have, you can't have somebody that, looks at self-preservation and vanity as the person running your business. Mm. The person running your business should be running businesses as their business, if that makes sense. 100%, 100%. Caveat, we have a startup studio. Sure. And what's cool about that is we can do things that I would never pitch. Love it. Because it's not proven. Yeah. I'm not going to take somebody's hard-earned cash and test a new methodology on them. And I'm not really talking about the, I'm not throwing out the fundamentals of understanding how the machine learning works. Right. And, but for just like weird offer ideas or Love like, it. and we're really scrappy with that as well. We're investing the profits of our agency in some of these startup studio things. There's a few different selfish reasons for it. Like A, if one of them is a hit, amazing. Of course. Um, B, it's great press and publicity. We can be completely transparent with that data. It's It belongs to us as a business and as growth hit. Our CEO, Jim, super transparent. He gets on the podcast, if I were starting today, and he'll like literally tell everyone what our revenue was, what has been tough, like transparently, like in this economy, we're really, because of the quality of work we do, our margin, we, I mean, the margin situation is always a focus and being able to just be honest about that with people, I think is really important because it doesn't need to be a complete black box. I understand if other business owners want to be more private, 
Sure. But how freaking fun to be able to make bets in public and say, hey, like, we think this is going to work. Maybe it won't. If it doesn't, we all learn. Yeah, um, and, and our and clients you, love that too, because they get to benefit from the mistakes and wins that happen in that sandbox. Exactly. And I think the fav- my favorite thing about that, and it's something that I just randomly installed in myself, like a week mm-hmm. into the job was just like, I'm going to do one thing different on every project. Yeah. And as a result, it was just, I mean, for me, it was out of, I think, overcoming boredom. because It gets stale. It gets real stale. And, you you and learn the scaling like, game. And yeah, then it, so I was like, yeah. All right, I'm going to try things that you shouldn't do. I'm going to try, I'm going to break things. I'm going to do stuff. One of the things that I did, one of the earliest examples of that I can remember was I was running CBS for Sweeps Week from Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Cool. And it was supposed to be a reach and frequency campaign against video views. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to spend 25% of this money on engagement. Yeah. And as a result, I got 30% more video views on the engagement because of the earned reach that happened off of it. Now I got in trouble for doing that. Sure. And I also <laughs> wrote up a case study, sent it out to the whole company of this is how to game the system. This works. Yeah, <laughs> this works. And I was also <laughs> manual bidding on CPMs at an accelerated Ooh. delivery. So my reach and frequency was coming in at like 250 and I would run it at like a buck 80 just yeah. to try to like game the system. Crushed, crushed. Yeah. Oh. Like, do you think that same tactic would- I think it has would- changed? I think it would if your business objective isn't financial with that investment. Yeah. Yeah. And that is not the luxury I have with yeah. any client, which is I, why I, you got in trouble, but they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at CBS, they're not selling anything. So it was right. okay. The well, problem that's what was we earlier. Yeah. That's a different game. It's a different game. Yeah. And I think what's really important as a founder, as a business owner, is to understand that when you're scrolling Twitter, when you're watching YouTube, you're getting a lot of advice that is shrunk down and broadcast as if it's a universal message. Yeah. And your business objectives, like you very carefully phrased what you said earlier, if the business objective is not financial. And some people may hear that and think, isn't it always financial? No. Like, I, and, and for the folks that no. want to know that, like, I had a job where I was paid 75,000 a year to spend a million a day where revenue was not an objective. The objective was to spend a million a day because we had a 20% commission. So I'd make a million a month, a million a week in commissions for my boss. That was the job. That type of agency is a bank. I was an investment banker. I like, right. And all we would do is basically say, this is the report, spike the CPM projections by 10%. And then just buy it on cheaper inventory and over deliver every time. Yeah. And it was like the easiest thing to do. And that's why this I had seems to start criminal. Oh, no, it was. <laughs> and I got, I didn't last there. I got, kind of got fired, more or less almost got fired from that job. I told the story on this podcast, Oopsie, with Jess okay. and, and uh, Zoe. Uh, but I cool. told the story about that where I under delivered by 200,000 for the launch of a couple shows. And, but I did it like four or five days in a row, which basically meant I cost about five times my annual salary in five days and lost commissions. Yeah. To the agency though, not the business. No, no. save the yeah. client a lot right. of money. Right. Cost the agency a shit ton of money above and beyond my paycheck. Right. So uh, I was not fit for that environment. For me, right. silly things like respecting people's bank account and trying to run a decent business made me a liability in the mainstream agency world. So we've talked about a lot of stuff here. I'm curious, like, 
What are like, what was your experience in the NBA when you were doing it? Like, how did it feel for you? I think what it was like day and not necessarily day in, day out, but like what the experience was, what the vibe was, what yeah. was most exciting for you? I'll back up a little bit because I'm just overexcited. But I love before it. I signed up, before I signed up, I watched like all of your stuff. Okay, great. Stuff. And I had already tried to apply most, most everything I could, everything I could, I was applying. And a lot of it was more mindset about how the platform works. So you put so much great content out. I think if anyone's interested, go ham. It's low risk. Yeah, free. do all the free stuff. There, I'll be honest, there are some very specific details that are not out there. Some of your videos, Charlie, the way that you talk about concepts, if I hadn't gone through the program, I might interpret a little bit differently. Fair and enough. I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just when you say, I think recently I saw something in my feed where you said like some myths or things like that and downplaying the importance of how much quantity of creative you test. Massively increase the amount of elements I test but the way that we do it is low risk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can't tell people to do a hundred dynamic creative tests, but I also can't give them the entire breakdown of how Golden Bear works in the same exactly. three minute And video. that's what got me. That's yeah. what got me. I felt like I had been able to apply a lot of stuff, but I was like, there's this missing piece and I know that I don't really understand it. So going into the program, I feel like I had a pretty good foundation that helped me start applying things quickly. And then those little gaps as those popped oh. in, my mind just exploded. And I like was like- Like all the little connective tissue, all the synapses. Yes, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this will bother you to say, but the process is work, but if your business sucks. That doesn't bother me to say at all. Yeah. The vibe of the program, I think for me, I really had to be prepared to go all in to get the most out of it. There's totally. a lot of content and it's not something that you can really binge in a single week. It was so fun. It was so fun. I felt like I went through stuff pretty quickly, but the thing is you need to be implementing along the way and exercising. And yeah. that's what I think differentiates your program from pretty much everything else out there is this intentionality around, can people really to use maybe a slowly more popular word, embody the information. It's yeah. one thing to be like, check, check, check. Cool, I watched this training. I know a few things. But when you're really putting yourself in the scrum documents, when you're really putting yourself in the ad account, when you're getting down to the details of, okay, so the Golden Bear process, my clients freaking love it. I love it. Good. It is so fun. Some We'll talk about it like March Madness, depending on the person. Like sure. Guys, I'm really excited. Oh, um, I always lose every one of those bets. I do the same. I do the same thing. I'm yeah. wrong 98% of the time, which I love. Yeah. yeah. I know I'm not good at creative and Golden Bear just reinforces how terrible my intuition is on that. Right. But it means I don't have to be good. You don't know. You really don't have to know what's going to work. You need to leave your ego at the door and have a willingness to try different things. And the beauty of it is the Golden Bear method and the DCT to proving ground method de-risks the process. Yeah. The It is really challenging to hear and see, because I, I get to see what other ad agencies do sometimes because we take over ad accounts or we're competing for them. And every time I see five campaigns, several ad sets each and each of them one ad mm. and they have like a testing campaign and then yeah. like a business as usual campaign, it breaks my heart because yeah. it just, the performance could be better. 
but it is challenging for people to let go again of that old system. But I feel so empowered with the information and how deep the program goes into the fundamentals. Like we're talking about the basics of statistical inference. And I have a lot of opinions about statistical inference and how it applies to how we interpret Facebook results. Spoiler alert, I don't think we can say things are statistically significant. None of the assumptions for statistical inference apply to any like social media. It just yeah, is what it is. Yeah. Right? There is a process to it. There is a method to it. And if you understand that, you can set it up to succeed. It's not that like you all of a sudden came across the best ad because some creative director was struck by lightning. It's no, it's just a math equation. Yeah. I don't have a single ad account where that ad isn't created just by attrition of doing the work. Right. right. And it's so many creative directors I know won't give up that control. And I'm just it. like, it's not to say we do everything blind, right? I don't want people to misunderstand that either. Oh, right? yeah. It's not that we're not looking at it, we're not analyzing it and not drawing hypotheses, but the reality is if I if every single shot I make is going to completely shake the etch a sketch, I'm not going to get where I need to go in yeah. any meaningful amount of time. Yeah, and the other point that I have with folks is say you are like what is the outcome that we're trying to come here? Say you yeah. are that good. Yeah. Say you are the person that can hit it every single time. Yeah. That means in order for you to work well, you have to hit it every single time for every single person, every single day. That's a great and point. And you'll never be able to take a break or you fail. That's a great point too, because it's not about the one golden. And this is why the proving ground methodology is so important and why I use your analogy of it being a sales team all the time. Because yeah. there's, as you say, there's two ways that we can win. One, we can get better at appealing to the people who already are into us. Right? They could be cold audiences, but that's the type of person that Facebook knows is into what we do and what we, how we talk about it even. Like our personality as a brand yeah. or product or whatever. And the second is how do we appeal to brand new people? How do we get more scale? And both of those are important. Something I've been struggling with on some places is, okay, like it seems like we're starting to really saturate this one particular area. But the great thing about the proving grounds is we don't have to give it away to, to still experiment to find that scale. And yeah. I think in previous years, it felt like one or the other, or yeah, you were just disrupting what worked instead of just having it. It's like a titration system is really how I think about the entire creative testing methodology. I love that. You're just slowly distilling. So you have the best of the best, the most like high potency content and you're mixing it together so that over time you've got this beautiful lineup, this beautiful portfolio. I don't think the investment analogy is totally wrong, but I think about it differently now. I think about it as how can I invest in different types of content? How can I invest in? Yeah, I mean. No, yeah. I love it. I love it because I think <laughs> you're really hitting on the point here of it being like this. More than anything, it's going from you saying, I need the best creative person to come up with the best creative stuff so that hopefully I can get lucky on one of these ads and scale the account to. Right. I now have a process that means ultimately I'm allowed to use data. And right. let the machine tell me what works. And I can make informed decisions. Correct. I can make weighted Correct. bets. But Correct. ultimately, I don't have to sacrifice what works and make things new happen. And like, I just watched a video today 
where it's like you're doing Facebook ads completely wrong. And like I cite like so <laughs> many people in it and it's doing well. Like, what happens if I cite like 20 YouTubers in one video and like I tag oh. them all and we'll see how it goes. But like Dara Denny and Nick Terrio and some like really great people. And then- Yeah, also, I was like, about to say, we know you love Dara. Like yeah. it's no shade at these people at all. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a survey though. And yeah. And, and, and so there's a line in there where I was watching like the matrix or whatever. And there's this one spot. Cool. I don't know if you've seen the matrix. <laughs> oh yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> okay. So he's meeting the Oracle and uh-huh. like, she's, Hey, look out. And he's huh? And he turns around and knocks something over. And then she's now it's going to really bake your noodle is would you have knocked it over? I hadn't told you. And really the Ooh. analogy there is you say you have to test new creatives because new ads do better. So more new ads means more better. So as long as you're testing mm-hmm. more ads, you're going to continue to grow. But that's what you're also noticing is, oh man, ads are dying faster and faster. I was on a conversation. Which is so with wrong. I yeah, mean, I was on a conversation. With I have so many counterexamples. Like, Would your existing ads die if you didn't test so many new ones? And the answer yeah. to that is no. If you yeah. had a qualitative way of using machine learning and artificial intelligence and the scientific method in a way where you're able to take leveraged bets so that you don't have to sacrifice what works, create new growth. You can just mm-hmm. build on top of it. Right. Then you wouldn't see nearly the amount of attrition. And what's more important about that is the people that would come to your store would look more similar. So all of your email flows and your search campaigns and your CRO and your upsells would all continue to improve instead of just chasing your tail around where, man, in the summer, things are struggling. And in Q4, things are great because that's what's happening in the, that's just the price of a dollar. Sure. And that's nothing to do with the work that you're doing. Yeah. I do just want to reiterate though, it's not that, and especially in the stage of maturity of businesses that I mostly work with, most of them are like using their own ROI cash, investing back in the business to grow, which is a very specific gain. And though I do work with some that are venture capital backed, that is a different mindset and a different mentality when you're working with people who haven't made it yet to that, not even cult status, but just having an understanding of, okay, this is exactly who we're going for. We, we do see accelerated results when we increase the amount of things we test through golden bear. Yeah. But that's different than launching a hundred ads in a campaign and shaking the etch-a-sketch every day. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely, when you're increasing the amount of things that you're taking data from. Right, we're increasing our at, we're increasing the number of bats. Yeah, exactly. So your batting average is gonna go up because you're getting more reps off the field to use that analogy. Right. But it doesn't mean you're up to bat more often. There's still the same amount of ads, more or less. Yeah, I guess you could say that because I'm trying to I'm trying to use only, this batting average analogy yeah. made earlier to kind of complete. Because <laughs> only so many DCTs and all of yeah. that. But something else that's been coming up lately is like people feeling, oh, should we be launching ads more often? But I think what is easy to forget is when we're using this Golden Bear DCT proving grounds, one campaign to rule them all methodology, it's testing every step. Every second of every day, there yeah. are permutations running, right? Always. Like we don't have to poke the bear or completely like change everything for the machine learning to keep doing that for us. Yeah. And so moving and in the past, I used to launch like a new ad every week, basically was our sure. cadence in some cases every day for like higher volume accounts. And the truth is every time we did it, it introduced volatility into the account it really probably had less to do with whether the creative was good and just what was going on that day, what popped sure. off. 
Yeah, and sometimes yeah. like the new ad does better for three days and then it drops yeah. off and then you get on this cadence of Facebook yeah. ads only work for five days. Right, well, like, let's talk about lookalike and yeah. interest audiences. That's the story there. 100%. But I do have to, ooh, I'll share very publicly. I've been, I was wrong about something recently. For oh, I love the scale this. that we do, and I've admitted to my whole team has heard how wrong I am. So generally we don't focus purely on story placements because we find that the ROI for our budgets and our creative budgets are not there. Instead, we generally find that doing like a four by five video or a video that's gonna be fine cut off in different places and running that through the Golden Bear DCT, whatever, it works best for us. So it's not to say like nothing is ever catering to the story, but we're not running like- You're not forcing placements. We're not forcing it and we're not using specific placements. But recently, because we're not doing all this crazy audience testing, because we're not doing a million things, we were pushed a little bit by a client who frankly just didn't like how it looked. They're like, and DPAs and the stories, oof. Yeah, it's like we could turn it off and you could make less money or like that's always a fun conversation. Yeah, I mean, do you want to feel better with less money in the bank? Right. Exactly. We can we can protect your ego. You'll just be exactly. you won't have nearly as much money. Exactly. But and we're and in again, business. there's cases where, as you said, the financial is not the objective, right? Yeah. Gucci is not does not care about their ROAS. I guarantee yeah, 100%. it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I haven't run their ads, so I don't know. But like, I've run enough <laughs> other brands a wild like guess. That where they do not. It's all about the impression. It's all about the exactly. vibe. Well, Apple cares what they look like. Starbucks, right. Progressive Insurance, Pizza Hut, right. Nike. Re- they have millions of dollars to yeah. invest in it, and so it's not a big deal to them. Like they, they already are sitting on a cash reserve. Like there, it's a different, it's a different stage of maturity, so it's different. But what I was wrong about is we launched this ad set, Charlie, and. I normally, this wouldn't be my first thing to do, but we launched an ad set within this, treated it like a DCT, basically. We're like, okay, okay we're going to make a story DCT ad set. We're going to restrict the placement. That thing is going like crazy. It is working so well. But my holdout question is, will it still be working in Q4? And I'm going to be very excited to see because with the audience testing, usually what happens is sometimes it just completely flops. Often, if you look in like the triple whale logs, you just notice it's stealing a bunch of conversions from other places. And so that's a nuanced conversation to have with people sometimes, which if we have the data, we can look at it and have that conversation. Obviously, like that one ad set. Oh, this is another thing we didn't even talk about. I could talk to you forever, but the CPA of a single ad set, I don't care. I don't care if that CPA is like a hundred times less than everyone else. If the business overall if in the scrum document, our overall revenue and our overall efficiency isn't better. Yeah. That's what matters. And, 100%. So and also have... to that point, like if it, if that ad is doing terrible, but my bank account has gone up, exactly. I'm not going to turn that ad off. Like sometimes the worst ads, I can't say how many times in the last year I saw people that showed me like, all I did is just turn off all the bad ads and then the business gets worse. And it's just like those bad ads are the thing fueling the funnel. And they're just not getting the attribution, whatever right. nonsense. Maybe they're not. Have. Yeah. They're not getting the layup. Someone else Yeah, does. exactly. And that's They're okay. not getting the credit. And who cares? Your bank account looks better. Go for that. Yes. Yeah. But again, I don't want people to think it's not like we're not making data-backed decisions. Sure. It's not that we never pause anything, but there's discipline. And mm, we didn't touch on this, but the point on really honing in on what your hero product is, what your hero offer is so important because the clients that I've lost it's usually because they're trying to do too many things. We have a new product launch every month and 
frankly, like I can only pay designers so much to make so many assets. And when every month you have a new product that you like feel really passionately, we have to put resources behind and every time we segment, because guess what? We're not getting additional budget to right. promote these things, right? So we're segmenting it. And in the world of machine learning, every segmentation is an additional permutation. Yep. It requires a higher volume of data to learn from. Anyway, the processes just make it really simple to be disciplined and focus on the levers that actually matter. I love it. I love. And that's I mean, probably how you could sum up everything. No, I love it. And like, I remember our conversations earlier on and I remember us going through just the third time we chatted versus the first, just like how okay. different the language was. And now hearing you do it, it's wow, this is- I've had a lot of practice. This, this is great. I love it. Like, it, it's just- <laughs> It's so rewarding for me because my days are now just filled with this kind of stuff and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> like all the nonsense I had to go through is now providing for my family by helping other people create opportunity for others. And yeah, that is everything. Like, yeah, I'm that's the best I'm part of this industry. Like, I love our industry. I feel like especially I, it doesn't matter what age you are, but if you are looking for a pivot there's so much information out there that is free. And I will caution, like some of it's not good. Some yeah. it's not good. But it is such an interesting time and place. And I feel if your aptitude and passions lie in anywhere near digital marketing, these tools are not to be feared. I think there's yeah. a lot of fear mongering happening right now on like, you've probably noticed I'm going to be ramping up towards the end of this year because we have some stuff going on. I'm just really excited to share, but I really dialed down on my social media diet and what I was taking in because it was distracting. And at the end of the day, like what you said is what resonates with me. There's enough room for all of us to win. There are enough businesses that need help. And yeah. if the Facebook MBA program resonates for you, whether like you're a brand owner an entrepreneur, or even want to start your own agency or come work in an agency like mine and just come in with a really solid skill set. I don't know. It's just so fun. The community, I think is an under maybe spoken aspect that we didn't really touch on today, but the community of the MBA program is amazing. Like people are constantly sharing their own experiences, their learnings, frameworks, all sorts of awesome stuff. And yeah. so I just want to build on your optimism and yeah, the possibilities are so endless. And the more tools we have, like the more fun we get to have, but yeah, that's not I, the case if you're going to maintain an ego. No, absolutely. I, and I say this too, I've been saying it more and more. I feel we are blessed to have, in my opinion, one of the greatest jobs in the world in that we get paid really well to yeah. help people yeah. be happy. We create joy and opportunity. Like generally speaking, people are buying products aspirationally and on a very high yeah. level, the businesses are doing good in the world because people are buying things that makes them happy. I got this juice from Juice Crafters. Every time Juice Crafters sells me something, I'm happier. <laughs> That's one level, yeah. but also there's so many people that are like chasing a dream, betting on themselves. And it's, I can mortgage the house again. Mm -hmm. I can sell it. I can give up. I can go work full time or I can do this thing. And like the idea that like so many people and like more and more stories in the NBA are like this, like the one I was telling you about before we started, where yeah. like there's six months left in the bank and I'm gonna have to give up. And now it's like, how many more people am I going to give a job to while yeah. making the world like a better place? And then ultimately leaving this business and going on to the next chapter of my life. That is so powerful. Yeah. And like, I feel like there's this dark side of what we do where everybody's focused 100%. on how do I look good? 
How do I make a report look good? What's my status? What's my whatever it is? And I like to joke about it, but it's like the monochrome, like sweatsuit wearing dudes that (laughs) like run a marathon before breakfast and take 17 cold baths and brag about their car. And every one of them is the most insecure person doing the most Mm. harm. And people like you and me that just basically are walking around with a smile on our face, having a great time, helping people be more successful. That's what it's about. And I think there's plenty enough for us to come in and make the world a better place. And I love the fact that even if it was just you and the great that's happening there, that means that what Mm -hmm. I'm doing is completely worth it. And and for that, I want to say thank you. Oh, thank you. And you know this, but I've got a whole team. It's so cool. We have people on our team from all around the world, but what's different than I think some agency models is they are empowered decision makers. Everyone in our, our motto is think like a founder. And that is for everyone. It's not just the person presenting on the call or the salesperson, right? Everybody is able to have access to a really deep and rigorous level of understanding about how these tools work. And the more that they ramp up, like the more excited I get, I think what I've seen where things go really wrong is like you said, Charlie, where people are really trying to defend their little turf and It's not good for the clients. It's not good for business ROI. It's not good for culture and happiness. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. We're taking this in a more emotional direction. That's fine. Hey, look, there are forces out there creating harm. And then there's people like you and me setting all that stuff right. (laughs) And (laughs) I like to say, I'll stand by that. I stand by that openly (laughs) in public, in rooms full of the people that are doing the harm. Well, I am not welcome in a lot of rooms, but that's fine. That's changing too, which I like. That's true. That's it true. is. And I'm working really hard on it. It'd be nicer. <laughs> Nick Shackelford and Raba have done a lot to help me in that. And so big shout out to them. Uh, well, on that, Charlie is, you are not nearly as aggressive and abrasive. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I think your stage presence is really beautiful and wonderful and a huge asset for you because in this world, obviously like attention and eyeballs are hard to get. And so you've got to cut through the noise, but if anyone's trepidatious because they think Charlie's going to yell at you on a call, like that's just not true. <laughs> I won't yell at you, I promise. Yeah, no, I mean, our calls feel like this chat, this conversation. Yeah, exactly. And the only exactly. difference is we're talking about numbers on a screen playing the like the world's most fun video game Yeah. and creating yeah. good in the world instead of chatting about like how much fun we're having doing it, which is... Right, right. I think 95% <laughs> of the one-on-ones that I've had more or less feel like this. Every now and again, it's okay. We got to get, we got to roll up the sleeves. We got to dive into Yeah, when wrong. business is not going well, like it's time yeah. to be serious, but yeah. yeah. With that, I just want to say thanks. And I really appreciate your time. I, 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 I like to say that one, thank you for chatting with me. And I hope that there are women and men out there that can relate to like where you're at and whether that means that they want to work with you or you've given them the insight and courage mm. to maybe place a bet on themselves yeah like i think that there's only good that can come of that but what i would like to do to leave this is just give you the last word if there's any way anything you want to say anything that you didn't get a chance to talk about any way that you want people to get in touch with you whatever it is let me yeah. leave you that last word and before that just again thank you i always enjoy chatting with you Likewise. Uh, and it's what can I say like how am I supposed to be unhappy today I just had this conversation and I had one <laughs> like this yesterday and it's great yeah. this is what it's like to be on this side of things and I everybody should come play on this side of the fence it's a lot more fun 
I think so. I, yeah, I didn't expect the conversation to go in this direction or be such a statement on the culture of marketing, but I think maybe it's under talked about. So thanks for bringing that up. Thank you for having me on. This has been so fun. It's such a delight to connect and get to chat. Definitely a highlight of my week. We've got a lot going on. I'm about to get a lot noisier. It's taken a bit of a sabbatical from Twitter and all the, but I am on Twitter. Let me, I think it's Jordan X Summers. If you want to follow me specifically. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for it right now and I'll make okay. sure that it's dropped in the description. Yeah. And then our website is growthhit.com, but you can find us on YouTube. We have a newer channel called Damn Good Marketing, which is super fun. So that's on Twitter. It's on YouTube, all the places. That's been a really cool project. That's been basically like our way of testing a distribution machine. And can we really build this muscle as a company and a team that we can take all the inputs like videos like these, and as you say, like chop them up, but damn good marketing is really more of a viral approach. Like if it. I was starting today is honestly one of my favorite podcasts, Jim Huffman hosts it. He interviews different founders. It's really a focus on entrepreneurs and their life stories and really honing in on just what about their businesses they wish maybe they knew at the beginning, but we also talk about transparently like every quarter updates about our company. So if you just want to know what's it like to have an agency, what do the numbers really look like? We're honest and all the, it is what it is. So you can go check it out. We've got ad templates. So we've broken down like different strategies that we consistently use. So we've got templates on our website, all sorts of stuff, tons of CRO resources, funnel teardowns. Love it. Um, but anyway, giving it all like, away. I love it. All so tons of free stuff. So if you go to growthhit.com and go to resources, that'll be the easiest way to find everything. There's a course, there's all sorts of stuff, love some it. free, some paid. But I think now towards the end of the year, we're going to actually promote it because we've been spending a lot of time and in investing in all of this stuff. And we really haven't, we haven't gotten out there nearly enough. And so that's kind of because we have these fundamentals across different things, across retention strategies and acquisition strategies because we have methodologies and processes and teams who can really own those things. Really, I think we're entering a new phase where we're going to get to play a little bit more and have some fun, share all the cool stuff that we've been learning. But hit me up on Twitter. I, I dip in and out, but if you DM me, I'll eventually get back to you, I promise. And if you join the Facebook MBA program, I'll see you in the Facebook group. That's a really great community. And I'm going to give a shout out to Vinny because Vinny is who got me here. Nice. Um, so thank you, Vinny. Definitely really changed my career and day to day. So thank you. And thank you, Charlie. Oh, um, thank you. It's such a delight. So fun. Yeah. To do this. yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'll let you go. Yeah. I, I'll tell Vinny you said such nice things about him. I'll try to, you know, weed through the cloud of all the nice things that people say about Vinny. He's a mensch, that fellow. <laughs> but I'll talk to you later. And again, thank you so much and good luck. And let me know if there's anything I can do to help with blowing some stuff up when you guys start sure. moving in that direction. If I can Will answer do. a question, I'll do it. Awesome. All yeah. Right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Bye, Charlie. Have a great afternoon. You too. Bye.